this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey guys, welcome back to our part two sit down with Claudia Jordan. We're about to talk housewives and Nini, but if you haven't heard it, you have to check out our part one. Let's not forget Claudia was on The Celebrity Apprentice. So she talks about, yep, Donald Trump, her experience with the family, Don Jr., Ivanka. I don't even know what to say. Claudia has a lot to say about this experience. Plus some of her co-stars, Omarosa, Dennis Rodman, Melissa and Joan Rivers, Chloe Kardashian, Rinna. Gotta hear part one of our sit down with Claudia Jordan. And here is part two. Now let's fast forward. I mean, Celebrity Apprentice hosting Miss Universe. Let's go to October of 2014 when okay. the Real Housewives of Atlanta comes knocking on your door. Talk to me about this. How does Claudia Jordan go from Miss Universe and Celebrity Apprentice and all these other things, radio shows? How do, how do you get involved with Bravo? So I was in LA and I was doing a show called According to Him and Her. We did first season, didn't really get that much traction. And I had a meeting with my producers and I thought they were going to tell us about season two. So they had me and my co-host, Finesse Mitchell on the line. And they basically said, we're going to go in a different direction. In other words, y'all ain't, y'all ain't being brought back. You're fired. They didn't say fired, but we were essentially fired. And I was like, just dying for just, I need something to get me back on. You know what I mean? Like in Hollywood, you get a couple things and you think this is the thing that's going to put me over the top and get my momentum going. And it just, 
died out. So I was upset, crying. Me and my friends, we went to um, West Hollywood, had some drinks. And one of them, or two of them, both of them said, you need to meet Carlos King. Like, they didn't say to be on Housewives, but they just said, just period. I was like, fine, whatever. I have been drinking all day. And we met him at the, um, oh, the place in West Hollywood, the Abbey. I, I literally was just going to say the Abbey. I don't know why. I just yeah. assumed that's where you were talking about. The Abbey. So we go, I'm about four or five drinks in. Carlos King walks in. He goes, bitch. He's like, I've been wanting to work for you for the longest. Can you tell you? I'm like, no, I didn't know that. And then he's like, we just stopped talking. He's like, I'm going to change your life. He's like, I think you'll be perfect for the show. I think you'll change the whole, the whole thing. Your, your personality is different. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, in Hollywood, you get told, I got something for you so many times that I knew Carlos wasn't trying to have sex with me. And he may be coming from a real place. And guess what? Within like a month, I was in New York. And I spent four hours uh, at True um, Entertainment's offices. And they were like, listen, everybody loves you. You have a great story but we don't have a reason why you'd be in Atlanta. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I could, I don't know. I, I don't know what, I could just move there. I don't really know. I had no reason that I was gonna be in Atlanta, right? But my luck is like this. So Ricky Smiley, the radio host, comes to New York. And my friend Charlemagne, who hosts The Breakfast Club, who I always wanted to work with, he's more my, my style of comedy and edginess. They were having parties on the same night. Charlemagne was on a boat. Ricky Smiley was at a hotel. I was going to Charlemagne because I want to work with Charlemagne. I was like, I need to go remind him I'm here. Maybe we can talk about maybe doing something, producing something together. But it rained. And because it rained, I went to Ricky Smiley's and they sat him right next to me. And we had a good old time. And he was saying how he was looking for someone. He wanted to replace the girl that was on the show, which he shouldn't have. She was great. Um, and he was like, hey, if there's any, ever anything I can do, like, you know, let me know. Because I said that Housewives was interested in me. And then he's like, I, I got something in mind. So he basically said, come to Atlanta and sit in on my show for two days and just see what happens. And I did. I flew myself down and, you know, they said it would be a good idea if I flew myself down on my own time because it would show that I was really dedicated to it. And I did the first day, killed it. Second day, killed it. Third day, they gave me a contract. So I moved. So then I called Carlos. I'm like, I got my reason to be in Atlanta. So I got housewives. And the, the morning radio show, the syndicated radio show, the Ricky Smiley show, in the same week. So I moved down there, took weeks for my furniture to arrive. I had a shady moving company. It looked like I was all poor and struggling and people made fun of me. You had no furniture. I'm like, no, I have a lot of furniture. Just on a truck from me, all moving companies are shady. So anyways, and that's just how it started. I was brought on as a friend of the show, though. I wasn't brought on as a housewife. So when people complain, oh, your storyline, you didn't have anything. I'm like, yeah, because... I was filming the entire season as if I was only a friend of the show. And it wasn't until that epic read of Nene, uh, me versus Nene in Puerto Rico, when we got back from that trip, the network was like, oh my God. And they decided to give me a peach. So we only had like a month or so left, not even a filming. So it was scrambling to put something together. And I really didn't have a fair chance to gotta really see what I'm about, you know what I mean? I was always, cause if you're not a housewife on the show, you're a friend of the show, they don't film your own individual scenes. You only get to film if Kenya has something and you are part of her stuff. So it was like a mass scramble and I didn't really, you know, and then for second season, they wanted you to have your man on the show and my guy at the time, it just wasn't a good idea and thank God because he turned out to um, be a lying whore. So uh, 
<laughs> I would have been humiliated on television. So I, no one even knows who it was. So no harm, no foul. And he even spoke to them, had an interview with them. And, and, and he was like, you know, I'd love to help you out, girl. But we ended up not doing it. And thank God. Everything happens for a reason. I mean, I couldn't, they wanted me to come back as a friend. And I, 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 sometimes I think about, should I have, and Candy was calling me and Kenya and Cynthia, they were all like, just do it. You can always build back. And I think I was exhausted from the negativity, not of the girls, but some of the fans, like reality show fans will wear you out. Well, Housewives fans, especially. I didn't know. I mean, maybe it's out there. I didn't know you were hired as a friend. I, I, I never yeah. knew that. Mm-hmm. I was. So, yeah, because I, you know, I was just like, as far as they knew, I didn't show anybody dating. I just was a single girl, you know, I didn't have family in my mansion. I lived in a high rise, a luxury building downtown. It was nice. It was expensive, but I, I didn't have the image of the big mansions and the, this, even though probably, honestly, some of those girls live like two hours away from the city. I bet you my rent and their mortgage payment was the same. Because, you know, city living and living far out. And that's not to shade anybody, but that's just how city living is. And so, like, when people would say, oh, you're broke or you're this. I'm like, I'm on a morning syndicated radio show. I'm on the same show with you. And I was booked every weekend. And I I just don't, for me, it wasn't a priority to always be dripped in designer and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I just, it wasn't my thing. And some people resonated, that resonated with them. Like, you know, you're a real girl. Like, I'm not going to be home shooting a scene where someone just comes to visit me with four pairs of lashes on and Fendi shoes and Versace shirts. I, I don't give a fuck about that. Like I'm making spaghetti. So I got a t-shirt on. So I wasn't, you know, but I don't know. It was, I, I'm still very, very grateful. Like I love Bravo. I have no complaints about Bravo. They didn't do me dirty at all. They were kind. They were fair to me. Um, I ended up getting a lot more than their initial offer when I got on. I negotiated, I, I had the same lawyer as Kenya, and I think, I'm not sure, if, I think Kenny had the same lawyer. He was fantastic. I have no complaints about that. Um, I, yeah, I had no issues with them. They treated me just fine. I would love to work with Bravo again, and who knows what will happen in the future. You got more than the reported $60,000 that all the first-year housewives get? <laughs> yeah, actually, they offered 40000 I got over six, I got six figures. Um, but I, I also waited till the night before the reunion to sign my contract. So I shot the whole season for free. And then they were like, you have to be at the reunion. I was like, okay, got to stop. Got to, we got to come to terms. And they did. To, and I, that's why I have no issues with them. Like, I feel like I was worth more than the standard regular amount they give the 40,000. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of people take it and I, there's nothing wrong with it, but I already had, a, I've had a resume before that show. And I felt like I know this could potentially hurt some of it. It's going to help a lot too. But like, you know, I, I just had my bottom line. And so they were, listen, I, I have no issue with Bravo. I love Bravo and I love true entertainment. Um, they, they did right by me. And I, I think I left on good terms where we can work together in the future. You know? Did you watch Housewives before you were on it? I watched a few episodes when Kenya got on because I actually was really friends with her. And I still am. Me and my boyfriend. Really? Um, so I watched when she was on, I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know any about like any of the drama before. Like, I didn't know all the stuff that the, the junk they had, all the fighting, like who didn't like who I just came on there pretty free. I watched a few episodes with Kenya. I thought she was funny. And then I was like, oh damn. Okay. 
did you feel like what was said to you, like, oh, this could change my life? Like, was, was Kenya like, this could change your whole life? Or you didn't really feel that way? No, I didn't feel that way. One of my friends did. She's like, girl, this is going to change your world. I, I wasn't that big into reality TV. So I was like, it's just another job. You know, I just thought that it'd be another line in my resume. So I didn't, I didn't think of it like that until I did it. And I realized how big of a deal it is. Literally, I was walking around the mall, like, um, Oh, the mall, the main mall in Atlanta. Uh, I'm forgetting everything right now. I'm so old right now. I, I forgot what it was too. You know, the main mall that all the high-end stores are. And um, uh, I would be with Mimi from Love and Hip Hop. She's a real friend of mine. We used to be roommates like 20 years ago. And she's like on the hottest art, like young show. And, be, you know, and then we're on the hottest show, you know, Bravo, like the, the older, I guess, group. And it would be crazy. Like I couldn't go jogging without getting stopped like mid-workout they're like uh-uh girl you got uh-uh, I need my picture like it was wild so it did change my life I mean I would be on a plane and like this pilot would come out like some old white dude who you would never would think would be a housewife fan he's like I watch your show and then he'll always try to well my wife makes me watch it and I'm a fan and it was just dope to like the fan the, the love was good it was international to this day I still get like messages from England and you know like when you come are you coming back on and I loved you what you brought and I was like wow you know I still get I'm still in polls like would you come back and I'm like wow okay would you go back well I live in Dallas now and I'm I mean I, I don't know I have nothing no no business in Atlanta now um I'm really interested in um selling this other show to Bravo so that's revolves around Dallas. Um, I'm actually partnering up with um, my former producer. So we are working on something right now. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, listen, there's a group here. The ladies here need a show. There's women here that are handling their business and they are beautiful and sassy and fun and support each other and still a little bit shady, but not the kind of mean shade, but the entertaining kind that was what made Housewives a huge hit in the beginning. People liked it. It was just enough. It wasn't like, you know, it's going to be World War Three every time. But um, I've been working on, on this idea for a while, so we shall see what happens. I will and talk about it with you when it happens. You can come back on anytime you want. And Kenya didn't warn you, like, um, Claudia... Some of these girls are a little different. <laughs> I will tell you this. Everyone thought that, not everybody, some ignorant people thought that I was brought on as Kenya's pit bull or I was Carlos King brought me on to take Nini down. And it's actually the opposite. You would think that Kenya with her history with Portia and with Nini would, would want her friend to have her back and to go for the next. She told me, develop your own relationships with these ladies get to know them on your own you figure out if you like them or not don't go by what we got and i was like that's good ass good friend advice because you could have easily been like well you're here because of me and she didn't she never did that she never tried to manipulate me she always told me figure it out on your own you will see like who's for you she's like if you get along with someone i don't get along with that's fine and i was like that made me feel good like there's no pressure and I appreciated that. And Carlos King said the same thing. He said, the mistake a lot of women that think that come and try out for the show 
make is they think the way to get it on the show is to come for Nene. So that's a mistake. You, it's, it's a mistake. She's like, he's like, don't, I, I advise you not to do that. And just, he said the same thing to figure it out on your own, to, to just be you. Let that be the reason why you become, you know, you get a peach being you not to come for Nini's neck. And I didn't come for Nini's neck. What happened was we were at a lunch or dinner in, um, we're having drinks in Puerto Rico and it was like, uh, I'm sorry, Phaedra and Nini being so mean to Demetria. So I jumped in like, yo, what's all this bullshit? Like, this is dumb. And then Nini said, oh, you have a brain? And then that began, that started the, 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 the war, the battle of wits. And um, I never got upset. I kept my composure. I wasn't cussing. I held my drink. Because I've been used to dealing with comedians and like really funny, quick people. So that was like, it was easy work to me. I mean, I, I don't think you need to prove your point by being vulgar and saying pussy this and your, your vagina. You know what I mean? Like she got a little, she went a little nasty, but that's on her, you know? And I will say this, we did squash it. Um, I've had to talk about her on my show because she's a hot topic. Um, and I think she sometimes takes that as, you know, we're trying to get click off, click bait off her name. And I'm like, no, um, once you become a celebrity, even if you're just a reality TV celebrity, when you say things or do things, there's an audience for talking about that. It's, it's on my list of hot topics. That's just how it goes. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet and order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. Their Brooklyn sandals, they're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love 
best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. You guys know I work from home and because of that, I travel a lot and I'm never in one place for very long. And that's why when it came to my mental health, the only option I could see was Talkspace. Talkspace is kind of like having a therapist in your pocket. I personally, and you too, can reach out to your therapist or psychiatrist anytime from anywhere. And it just makes taking care of mental health so easy. When I'm away and I need to talk to my therapist, I just send a message from wherever, you know, I can work through things. It's so easy. You can sign up online and basically start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's just easy. It's convenient. It's literally like you don't have to leave your home. And it's also, I mean, this is the greatest part, I think. Well, one of the greatest parts, it's affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages 24-7. They'll engage with you literally, you know, any day. So listen, as a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code VELVET to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show, right? That's nice. That's VELVET and Talkspace.com. So I want to tell you guys about our new sponsor who, I mean, they're paying me, so I really have no choice but to tell you guys about them, right? Listen, they're called the Commercial Break Comedy Podcast. This podcast is about two best friends, Brian and Chrissy, and they get in the studio and they take a break from this very serious world. And the thing is, they share stories about their own lives, things that like you may not really care about. They give horrible life advice and they just discuss the most absurd things that you probably don't give an F about. They talk about cat attorneys, ghost hunters. They talk about all this crap and I'm just like, who cares? But you know what? Joke's on me because the commercial break is consistently ranked in Apple's top 100 comedy podcasts and a top 10 Apple improv comedy podcast. You know how hard that is, guys? Trust me, I know. They also have a 4.9 star rating on Apple, which I'm completely jealous of that. And they're Chartable's number one trending podcast globally three times in the past year. The commercial break has new episodes each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on all podcast players and full episodes in daily clips available on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the commercial break. Or you can visit tcbpodcast.com for more info. That's T as in Tom, C as in cat, B as in butter, podcast.com. So when you have a chance, listen, take a listen to our new paid friends on the commercial break, anywhere you like to listen to your podcast or visit tcbpodcast.com. And she's been in the media a lot lately. She has been in the media a lot. And I will say this. If I, if she was watching this, I would say, regardless of our little spats we had on TV, I look at that as TV. That was like part of our acting job. Okay. That's what I look at it as our, our work. At the end of the day, Nini, you came from humble beginnings and you became very famous and you made a lot of money on a reality for reality TV. That's really good money for reality TV. Um, so you've been blessed. It was a great opportunity for you. You just don't want to like, I get having standing on principle and I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But when you go to burn the whole bridge down, 
where you make it where you, there's no coming back from, I just would just say be careful. Be careful if you still want to work in this business. There's a way to stand your ground without blowing everything up. I've had lawsuits with, with networks for standing up for what's right that I still will work for again because I didn't like make it where, you know, you just throw in the kitchen saying, you, you got to win the war, not the battle. Think about the war, not the battle. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. Like they want to trend that day or they want to like get it out that day. And I told them, yeah, you did tell them, but guess what? You may never work again in, with that company. And they couldn't have been that bad if they did, gave you so much and so much opportunity and so much, so, so much of a platform. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I mean, to your point, she made really good money, really good yeah. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that it's at the point of no return? I think she is. Um, I don't want to deny another woman, person's claim of racism because I think, you know, we all have our different experiences. I never seen anything, but I also don't want to discount someone else's experience. Um, I just think that this certain thing, I, I don't know. She, I believe she was the highest paid of the network when it comes to the reality, the housewives. That's my understanding. So in that regard, financially, they weren't racist towards you. Now, if you think because you didn't get a spinoff, I don't think that's because of racism. I just think that, you know, there was an interest in other people that there wasn't for her, for her to spin off. And then there was a spin off on the table, I believe, with Kim Zosiak. But they ruined that from what I understood. Again, I don't know everything. So I don't want people to come from my neck like, you speaking on them, you're hating, you're jealous. I'm not jealous. I actually hate seeing someone dig a grave for themselves in the business where she's, you know, she still has some good years left in it where she could still do something. But I find in this business, when you start thinking that you're bigger than the network or bigger than the show, you, you run into problems. Everybody can be replaced. Everybody. No one is irreplaceable. And I think people think that they are, like they, they, they think that they're irreplaceable and that they'll never do that to them. I mean, y'all remember when the dad from Bewitch got replaced? Or the mom from Fresh Prince? We was like, the show went on. The show will go on. There's other people that are hungry and humble. And, you know, in entertainment business, listen, I know I've gotten jobs over people that were better qualified, taller, prettier, thinner, whatever, more talented, but I'm easy to work with. And at the end of the day, producers want to spend eight, nine, 10, 12 hours with someone that they enjoy working with. And if you're this much more difficult and we get this much benefit having you on the network, then they're gonna do a cost risk analysis. You know what I mean? They're gonna be like, yeah, we love to have you, but it's always issues. Or you walk out of scenes or you leave early or you complain, like, or you assault and cameraman allegedly, whatever. And you kind of got to look at yourself sometimes. And sometimes these things happen. Like, and I was messed up for a while with things like being a procrastinator, showing up late. Event, there comes a point where you got to be like, I got to get my shit together. So there's no reason why they wouldn't want me to be back year after year after year. You know? So sometimes we're in our own way. And I, I hope she um, figures it out. Bravo was good to her for years. I don't know, you know, about some of her claims. I never had any issues like that with Andy. But I also don't have the same history with him. I wasn't there that long. 
But um, were they racist when you were the highest paid housewife of all the franchises? Were they racist when you were on um, Watch What Happened Live the most of any housewife? Again, I don't think her not getting spinoffs is because she's black. Because Candy got plenty of them. I think it's more of, um, you know, I think it's, it's being difficult to deal with. After a while, people don't want to hear that shit. They don't want to deal with it. I can't go to my job at Fox Hole and be a diva and be a bitch and be annoying, be obnoxious, talk shit, call my boss names and say all kinds of stuff and then be like, you're not going to give me a raise? <laughs> you're racist. You know? So I, I, just, I don't like to throw that word around unless it's for real because we have, we're in a time right now where let's not cry wolf if it's not that. But if it is that, then I'm with you 100%. But if it's not, don't use that. Don't use that when the evidence shows otherwise from what I know. And like, do you think it's like the point of no return for her just with Bravo? Or do you think like this has like the bigger effects, like what you were saying, like spilling over to other networks, like you're now so vocal that you're just out there as people don't want to work with you. I think there's not a lot of people that call the shots in this business. There's a few networks. They're all friends with each other. And I think when you, um, I think word travels fast. And I think she, listen, someone's still going to take a chance on Nene and give her something to show, something. She's still marketable. She's still a bankable entity. She is. But if you keep, I mean, if it just keeps going bad everywhere you go, I, I think you run in the risk of, you know, how people making phone calls and being like, you know what, she's difficult. They call and check. I mean, how was it dealing with such and such? Oh, no, that person was a night. I've been on small productions where people were up for things and they got asked before they even got hired because of word of mouth and people don't want to deal with the difficult people being difficult, especially after COVID. People are starving to work. So if you have an opportunity to work and you blow it up or you just, you take it for granted, don't be so sure those opportunities are gonna come back around. I never think, it, like I'm always pleasantly surprised when I get another gig, like, oh my God, y'all still want me? <laughs> Great, let's do it. And that needs to be more of the attitude instead of, of course you want me. There's a lot of other people that like, that are ready to take your spot at any moment. I would agree with all that. And I mean, I say it all the time, like everyone's replaceable. I talk about this all the time on the show. And like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you become that difficult, you are replaceable. It's just, no one's going to want you there. Funny story. Um, at Miss Universe. All right. People, yes. might people might get mad about this story, but oh well. Um, Miss Russia was supposed to be in the top 10 or top 15. She was all, like in the lead. But apparently her attitude was so bad that they didn't allow her to be in the top 15. They said, get her out of there, which is not good. Um, but the, the, the fear was, if this bitch wins, we got to deal with her for a year. And people if they only knew how many times they mess up their opportunities because of their attitude, where you could have been potentially, maybe, maybe not, but you could have been in the running for Miss Universe because you were so bitchy and so mean and rude, your opportunity got taken away before you even got it. Wow. You know people don't get the gig because of a nasty attitude. Nobody wants to deal with that. After COVID, especially, no one's dealing with your bullshit. That doesn't have to. We are going to be so happy to be back in production and be out. We don't need negative energy, no matter who you are. 
no matter who you are. I would agree with that. Did you see like, did Nini behave bad on set, like towards producers, towards other women? <laughs> yes. When, when we had the cast trip, I was a, like, they gave it to me and she refused to come. And she said it was because of her blood clots and maybe it was, but I know she still traveled. Um, she refused to come. She walked out of scenes all the time. She would be angry, upset. She'd be like, I'm out. And I didn't even know we had the option to do that. Like, I'm like, I would never walk off a set. Like, maybe I should have, shit, you know, but, you know, listen, when it's you, you can always find a way to justify and be like, well, they, you don't know, they were mean to me or they did this to me. But Hollywood entertainment business is a hard business and you got to have your big girl draws on. You do. And when things are uncomfortable and get hot and get, uh, get awkward, if your instinct gets to run out of it all the time and run away, then it's probably not the business for you. And she was nasty to like cameramen and like, you know, just other workers, so to speak. I didn't see her being nasty to cameramen when I was there. Um, but I'm, I remember we had a therapy session with Dr. Jeff and she was definitely on one that day. You can go back and look at that footage. And we were just trying to have a, we actually were having a real therapy session about, you know, the issues and about her narcissism really and about her never taking accountability. And I think people were pretty much handling her with kid gloves, but it still wasn't good enough. We still were being mean. I'm like, sometimes when you hear criticism about yourself, it sounds like an attack, but it's not. We wanted to get along. At the end of the day from that therapy session, it seemed most of us wanted to get along. We did. And I'm glad that there was a, you know, at the reunion, stuff you guys didn't see, but you know, we squashed it and she sent an email afterwards saying, I know we're not in a good place, but thank you for the things you said. And I'm like, listen, as much as we have our little fights on TV, I don't, I have no desire to fight with people for real, for real. Like we can have our little scene and then it shouldn't carry over in the real life where we're having, we have anxiety over it. Shit's uncomfortable if I see you out. Like, nah, like life is short, man. Life is short. Like if, no, go on. I'm saying, let's have a little scene, have a little fun, throw a little shade, and then guess what? Let's go for drinks afterwards and laugh at how much, how the great TV we just gave these motherfuckers and how we gonna get a raise next season because we just brought it. That's a perfect world for me. Not really be mad and really be on social media and really be, you know what I mean? Like you see the person out, it's like, like these girls, these reality TV girls, y'all gotta start looking at this like as a, as a as theater. Everybody knows reality is produced. Like there are real things, trust me. But like, don't take it so seriously. Don't take it so much to heart. And let that shit roll off your back and get your money. Get your money. I agree. I feel like back in the day, that's how it was. I don't understand it either. Like you're making a lot of money. You can keep making a lot of money. Just act, just do the scene, give the people what they want. It's real. And then just get over it. Go, like you said, go, go out for drinks and laugh that you're going to get more money next year. I don't get it. Or you can even do a heads up before like, Hey girl, I got to read you today or I got to check you about something. You know how it is. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. 
brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One thing I know for certain is this audience, all of you listening, you guys just cannot get enough of these celebrity interviews that I do. Listen, I'm already doing six shows a week, guys. I can't do any more, but I have the answer for you. Your prayers have been answered. There is a podcast called The Envelope, and it's also, guess what, a celebrity-based podcast. It's from the LA Times. That's right. The hosts, Yvonne and Mark, they're actually LA Times entertainment reporters. They're way more professional than I am, and they interview people during various award seasons in Hollywood. Now, let me skip through all of that and tell you about their guests. I'm, I have green with envy. They have interviewed Jane. Fonda and Lily Tomlin, Grace and Frankie, hello, Jennifer Coolidge, oh my God, Jessica Beal. I mean, the things that I would ask Jessica Beale about Justin Timberlake, I can't even imagine. David Harbour from Stranger Things. The first six episodes are available to binge right now. That's right, right now. Because later in July, more episodes are coming out. So you have to binge the first six right now. Listen, you can download and listen to all these episodes of The Envelope wherever you get your podcast. Again, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, Jessica Beal, Jennifer Coolidge. You will not be disappointed. The Envelope, listen now, everywhere you get your podcast. I am obsessed. Like I did a reality TV show with um, New York, The Next 15, and we were cool in real life, but she was about to go off on me in one, one day on the scene, right? And she winked at me before the scene and then proceeded to do her thing. Guess what? We both enjoyed it because we were both like, we got them. They're beating this shit up. And at the end of the day, I don't hate her. She doesn't hate me. I can see her out. We hug each other. We take pictures for the gram. And it's like the, the anxiety and the negative and the stomach ache you get when you would see something that you don't really like. You don't have any of that. And if y'all just look at it like that, like, listen, it ain't all, I, I'm not going to sit and tell y'all that it's all fake. It's not. There's real feelings and real emotions on these shows. But I just want the cast members for their own mental like, health to not bring that shit home and like not really make it a real war. Like it should be fun. You're getting paid crazy money to have drinks with a group of people, shoot it, get club bookings, get endorsement deals, and then hopefully it leads to some other stuff. Don't fuck it up because you can't like separate it. Like you can't turn it off ever. That's my opinion. And you and you filmed all this as a friend and told Puerto Rico. And then that's when you just went about your business and the producer said, uh, wait a second. He said, uh, the network wants to give you peach. And then we did a whole photo shoot with it. Wait, did we do the peach photo shoot? I think we did a peach photo shoot prior, like in case something happens. And then they just rolled all those photos. And 
so we did all this the show was in production it wasn't like so I still was announced at the beginning of the season because like you know we shoot like in the summer and then I think it starts airing in like November yeah so by then they you know they knew that they wanted me to be be a housewife and I was like oh shoot this is crazy I just came on as the homie and I'm doing my Bravo photo shoots and vlogs and then they were saying I was the most talked about character and I remember RuPaul was on Watch What Happens Live and He's like, she's a, the um, breakout star. And I was like, oh my God, RuPaul knows who I am. And Regina King was talking about, it was just like dope. Like I have great, I have good memories. And again, I, I'm still friends with Cynthia and Kenya, Demetria, Candy, I, you know, to this day, we're still cool. Did they all make you, like you felt welcome by all the other girls pretty much? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, I did. I think well, they liked having the new energy. I think they enjoyed having the new energy. What would you say if you ran into Nini right now after this interview, like within the next hour? Um, I know you're going to be mad and think that I'm just using your name for clickbait. First of all, I never brought your name up. I was uh, answering questions about you. And accept your position in the entertainment business as, in reality, TV, you're an icon. So people are going to ask people to have spent any time with you about you. So don't try not to look at it so much as a negative um, and take the constructive criticism from people. I mean, I'm not coming from a negative place. I don't hate her. Um, actually felt really sad for her when I saw her crying on her video when she said she wasn't coming back and it looked like someone that was actually heartbroken. Um, everyone giving you criticism is not trying to hurt you or shade you. They actually, some of them are trying to help you and um, accept it, you know, like, and, and if you don't go back to the housewives or you don't go back to Bravo, you know, maybe the next opportunity that comes around, um, really appreciate it and set boundaries and, and don't take it for granted. As someone who's lost it all, got it all back, lost it all, got it all back that feeling of, oh my God, I don't know when my next thing's gonna come, I get it, and it's scary, and you wanna like burn everything down, like fuck everybody, they did me wrong. But sometimes you gotta just like, think about the big picture. Think about the big picture. Don't come this far to never be seen again. And this business will blacklist your ass in a second. They've done it to other people. So try to make it cool, smooth it out, and, and pick the piece back up. Get you another show, girl. I don't know what it'd be, but you got a fan base. You got a big fan base. People want to see you on TV. And you think if she continues down this road, she might? Yeah, listen, look at all the basketball wives from, um, shit, the first basketball wives. They were the talk of the town, and then people stopped talking about them. You know what I mean? Like the ones from like, years ago. There's some that you don't even ever hear their names anymore. And they were like, that was like, the, at some point, mostly shows were super hot and popping and trending. And they go away and then you never hear from them again. And it's, you don't always get these opportunities. So when you do, please be appreciative of the producers that are willing to take a chance on you. Please be appreciative of the networks that are willing to give you an opportunity and a platform and a big paycheck. Does that mean you have to compromise yourself? Absolutely not. Don't mean that. But pick your battles. If it's something minor or if it's something that you did, take accountability and responsibility and fix that. Make it where they can't get rid of you. They don't want to get rid of you. Be so easy to work with that everyone's dying to hire you. Be a 
pleasure to be with, a joy to work with. To the cameraman, to the makeup artist, to craft services. Listen, I walk in the studio, I say hello to everyone. I bring donuts, I buy breakfast, I do all of that. When I, I'm the new host of Love and Hip Hop, the reunions, and when I walked in, I was my normal self, saying hello to everybody, being polite, and you know, and everybody was like, oh my God, you're so nice. I'm like, I am? Is this not normal? And they were just like, I mean, not always. And I go, I almost wanted to hug them. Like, I feel, I, have you been hurt before? You know, like when I get a job, I'm happy. Cause I'm like, hell yeah, more money. I got another job. I don't get why you get a job and you walk in with an attitude. I don't get when you get a booking that pays you crazy money for two days of work that you would just be having, be, where's the chip on your shoulder? It, it should be nothing there. You should be so, I'm still grateful when I, I, I just as grateful as when I got my first gig and jumped up and down screaming when I got a role in this movie Celtic Pride like 20 some years ago. I think I was 26 years ago. I remember jumping up and down like, I got the part, I got the part. When I get gigs now, I'm still that same little girl. I'm still that way. And I think when you, when you are grateful and you keep that same spirit, you're still going to keep, you're going to keep on getting bookings. When the moment you stop feeling like it's, it's due to you, you're entitled, they should have picked me. I think you take the, the beauty away out of it. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, that's how I feel. Do you love hosting the love and hip hop reunions? Woo. I do, but we started off with Miami, which was the most difficult for me because it was very volatile. And I didn't know, I wasn't as familiar with that cast. as like, you know, I know a lot of people that are on Atlanta and New York and, and Hollywood. So I'm looking forward to the other ones because I know those people. I know their stories more, but ooh, it was crazy. But I like bringing um, some, com- some empathy, some compassion to a-, a demographic that some people may write off like they're just this. They're just ratchet. They're just ghetto. There's a story behind everyone. Even like I said, Donald Trump, where I could feel empathy for someone, even if they're behaving the most fucked up way, I could still look at that person and be like, there's a reason why they do that. No one just shows up like that. There's a reason. And I like that I can bring that to the table where, you know, I have my questions that the, the production wants you to ask, but I have my own where I'm like, well, why did you do that? And how did that make you feel? And I, I, I look forward to getting to the why in people's story. So I, I, I do enjoy it. I needed a drink though throughout the reunion and afterwards and a shower because it was crazy. It's, there's a lot going on in Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, yes, there is. Do you follow? Yeah. I'm like, I watch almost everything on reality TV. It's, 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 it's a good show. It was wildness. It was crazy. And like, I, Mickey Natural and Sukiyana, I was like, oh my God. Like, it was like, yeah. I, <laughs> Don't you think like Housewives and having gone through a reunion kind of helped you? Like, did you see comparisons? I, it did help because I, I remember feeling, you know, in the reunion, you're like, okay, that's your one chance where you're not going to really be edited to tell your side of the story. So I felt it was important to like, make sure like some, you know, some hosts want to like cut people off and not let them really, I'm like, no, no, they need to have that moment because they waited all season where they maybe didn't get a good edit or they didn't get to say what they want to say or was cut out. I know how that feels. So no, you're going to get to say your piece, baby girl, and, and say what you want. And get it all out because I would like when we end the reunion, put a bow on it and let's look forward to the next season. And like, let's leave that shit. And like, let's leave it in the past and let's move forward. 
And I think we did that. I think we had the highest, like, the, the reunion ratings were, like, the best, the highest rating of the whole season. And they beat the prior season. So I was like, okay, yes. I heard really good things about it. So I think I mean, Miami is one of the more explosive franchises of that show. Very much so. So the rest will be, I, you know, in a way, I'm like, okay, I, I started with the hardest one. And it'll be smooth sailing after this. Like, I look forward to talking to Mimi and Yandy and, and I don't know if Princess Love and Rachel are coming back to Hollywood, but I know these people and I'm looking, and I know this story that I can relate to the stories. Do you ever have days where you wish Housewives went on longer? Yeah. There was a time where I was like, did I make a mistake by not going back? Because the level of fame you get from Housewives is, 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 is ridiculous. Like it's, I could, I'm on TV every single day now. I'm on Fox Soul Show building it. And it, I mean, really, you get, like, way more views on you with, like, one episode of Housewives. But this is a slow and steady grind of something I've always wanted to do. And this is a long-term thing that I'm building it. It's mine, and I could say what I want. I'm not getting edited, and I love the opportunity. Housewives, you get, you know, it's quick, it's fast, and people want to book you for things. And I, I did miss it. I miss all those weekend bookings. I was booked. I had was making a lot of money with, you know, every single weekend hosting a club and I was so ghetto. I had all the money, the deposit money under my bed in a shoebox. <laughs> there are worse places for it. I was like counting it. Like, I just like to see it in person. I, I don't know. I was a mess. Were you shocked at like how crazy Housewives fans are? Like to your point, like you get a lot of hate, you get a lot of love. Like it's a whole cult. To this day. To this day. And like the ones that don't like you, they still hate you. And the ones that love you, like, I want you to come back. And they'll put your name on all the polls. Like, who can come back? And, you know, I will say being on my, my hosting job, my show with Fox Soul, some people that didn't like me on Housewives, I see them in the comments. And they're like, you know, I didn't like her on Housewives, but I like her on this um, platform. And it makes me feel good because I don't really have control about what the final edit of Housewives will be. I have control over giving you an hour straight of who I am. So I'm like, okay, maybe they didn't really hate me. They hated my edit. Or maybe they hated those parts that were shown, but not necessarily me. So I'm still here, 25 years of counting. I've been in the business for since I was 21, 22. Well, that's also probably, you know, when you were talking about some of this advice that you would have for Nini or others, that's probably why you have a good perspective on it. Because, you know, you've kind of seen things full circle. Like you've been on the top, you've lost jobs. Yes, I was broke. I went up, down, went through foreclosures, got it all back. I did all of that. I also think when you have this microwave success, like overnight, you don't have the same appreciation for it as someone that had to take a Greyhound bus from Providence, Rhode Island to New York three times a week and get turned down by every model agency, then go back the next, you know, two days later and then sleep on a couch in a friend's house in the Bronx that had roaches, you know what I mean? And crawled on you. And then you're like, okay, I got to hit the pavement. I'm going to get in this magazine. I'm going to get this booking. And the, the years of riding on subways by myself or buses or just trying to get my first, you know, my foot in the door and then finally getting there. I think I'm a little more protective over it. And I appreciate it. Like, I don't think, I don't take them, these opportunities lightly, like, oh, I'll get another one or "Mm, I'm me. No, it's hard to get there and it's hard to stay around for a long time. So I, I am appreciative of it and protective of it, you know? Do you think that Nini was flat out fired or do you think there's more to it? They probably made her an offer that was like low and, and when they do that, they're, 
you know, that is a sign of what they want. You know what I mean? If they know, they know their, their, their line, their bottom line, that's going to offend you or you're going to walk away. So I, I, I'm sure they offered her something because, you know, I think they know what she brings to the network. She does bring views. Even when she's being difficult, she still brings, she has a lot of fans, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if she was a straight up fired, but if they have this lawsuit, it's going to come out. So I just feel like I want to tell her, like, don't go forward with the loss. Like, it's going to get ugly and networks are huge and the way they have more firepower. They have a lot of footage of you where they can be like, well, this is why. And that exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. You know I mean? They can do that. I don't know. I just don't know. I kind of feel like I agree with what you said earlier. Like, I just don't think you win against a huge network. It gets really hard. It's very hard they have you know in the contracts you sign are there to protect them not you you sign away everything on reality tv you know what i mean you really do like it's got to really be blatant and obvious for you to win and you love out loud with claudia jordan like this is just you feel like it's one of the best things you've ever done i love it i love i love um being able to just be me and show different sides you know, you do reality TV and you've had a fight scene with someone. People just think you're a bitch or you're a troublemaker and they just see you as one note, one, one layer. And then on this show, I get to laugh and cry with guests and show compassion and intelligence and care and my political savviness or, um, you know, just more of me. You know what I mean? And I, my dream job has always been talk show host. I, I see late night or daytime. I'll take either one, but... It's, uh, I feel like I'm like jack of all trades, master of none. I know a little bit about a lot of different things, but not the master of anything. So I think that's like good to be a talk show host, be well-rounded and know, you know, so and have experience and being able to be transparent and also give up yourself. So yeah, I love doing it. I think it's fun. I miss being in the studio though. You do. Yeah, I do. Well, it's amazing how like the entertainment business is so like, doesn't miss a beat that like, look, we're all doing this from home. Yeah. It's working. A lot of people are going to be out of a job when this comes back. They're going to be like, well, we don't really need to have a studio. You can just put up a green screen behind you and they're going to start cutting a lot of money out of production. I think. You've done it all. Like, is there any part of the business that like you haven't done that you kind of like are still dying to try or you feel like you've kind of done it all? Um, I want to produce more like uh, the show that I created. I'm excited about that. And, um, I would like to do more acting. I I've done some, but not enough to be considered like a respected actress. You know what I mean? Like with a credit, like a good resume, but I've done a little bit. I, I want to do more of that. Um, I love true stories. I love, uh, you know, biographical kind of stuff. I like think that kind of like, wow, I didn't know that about that person. Like for years, I wanted to do the Flojo story, like the track star that died. At 30. Yeah. Um, her, Jane Kennedy, she's a uh, old school, um, one of the first uh, black female reporters that did Monday, she did Monday Night Football and she was, she's like my idol in the business. She was a journalist. Um, she was the first black woman to win Miss Ohio, playboy, actress. She, she did it all. She was ahead of her time. And as a little girl, I was always told I looked like her. So when I got to Hollywood, well, not actually when I got Hollywood. Actually, it was like about six years ago, five years ago. I got to meet her and I pitched like some show ideas of her and I, I, want, to do, I want to play her. So that's my dream job of doing the Jane Kennedy story. It probably wouldn't be, it'd probably be like a lifetime type of thing. 
but she was groundbreaking in the same way to me as like um, a Dorothy Dandridge in her field of journalism. And, and she got the interviews that nobody could, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, huge interviews and she was gorgeous. And uh, her story was kind of tragic to me, the way how it ended with her husband putting out a sex tape of her and that kind of made her leave the industry. And I feel like, and now when that would actually help you, and I think it's a tragic story. And she's, you know, again, classy, beautiful, groundbreaking, ahead of her time. And I like to pay her the, the respect that she deserves. So, Jane Kennedy, I want to do your story. Put it out there in the universe. Yes. What about, and then we could wrap up, just being in Dallas, like, do you know any of the Dallas housewives? Like Leanne Locken, Deandra? I hung out with Deandra uh, a couple times and she wanted to push me to get on the show. And the other day I was out, I know her and um, Leanne are arch enemies. The other day I was uh, out for drinks with my friends at Bistro 31, a little popular place in Highland Park where the little rich ladies go eat. And we were hanging out and we see this, these two ladies and one of them was dressed so fly. And then the other lady was Leanne. She came and pulled up a chair and her and my friend were drink, trying to drink each other on the table. And she is a lot, she has a lot of personality. But um, yeah, she was. She said she's like, like a lot happier now that she's not on the show. I talked to her since, and she seems happy. She said she really is pushing against. She's like, I'm not a racist, and she's like really mad about that um, that title. And she's like, you know, telling us about all the friends she has and just some of the things she says. I get her in a way um, as someone that kind of like shoots from the hip and just blurts shit out. Nowadays everything you say is like, that's racist or that's this. That's like, everybody wants to make it a thing. So I didn't watch Housewives of Dallas, except when I was prepping for my interview, I had to watch a few episodes. So I don't know the backstory of everybody and like if she really is, but um, from what I understand, she brought a lot to the show, but I, I honestly, I stand by what I said about that whole franchise. They need to mix it up. They need to have some women of color on there as well. And having, I know Carrie got mad at me when I said something about there's still not enough diversity on the show. And that's why Atlanta's been kicking ass in the ratings. You know, the whole black woman on there, like, I'm not, and she got mad, like, oh, I'm enough spice because I'm Latina. I'm like, girl, no one can tell you Latina until you talk, okay? Because you look like a Russian chick um, with all that blonde hair. Um, but it was no shade to her. It was more towards the idea that Dallas is a mixed, there's a lot of Mexican women here. There's a lot of black women here and white women that have money that have that have that are one thousand percent qualified to be on the show. And I don't think you just have to force it on every net franchise, but it should represent the city. You can't just keep pushing that the women that enjoy that level of lavish lifestyle are just the same white women. Like, and that's no shade to white women. My mom's a white woman. Okay, I got a whole bunch of them in my family, but it's frustrating when I see this. I'm like. That doesn't even represent Dallas. Like, mix it up a little bit. Mix it up. And I just feel like, at this point, like, stop. Like, even Atlanta, that is super Black, they had a Black, they had a white woman on there. And she was quite popular. And I don't know, I just feel like they should just make it more realistic and more representative of the city that they're representing. And when you ran into Leanne, she just pulled up the chair and just started saying, by the way, FYI, I'm not a racist. Kind of, yeah. She knew I hung out with DeAndre too, and I know that they both don't like each other. So she wanted to go in. I, 
What I do is if I'm friends with someone, uh, I don't engage in, you can get whatever you want to get off your chest, but I try to like curve the conversation elsewhere. Cause I don't want to sit here and be in a bitch vest. I don't want to sit there with Leanne hearing about you talking about Deandra. Then I go hang out with Deandra and I look like a fake bitch. I'm not doing that. And I don't want to be around Deandra and you, you know, the, the whole thing's about Leanne. And then I go, I don't want to do that. Um, but Deandra has been very kind to me. Every time I've seen her, she's been extremely sweet and kind. And, and Leanne, you know, she is a ball of energy. And she was like, you know, last time I saw her, she was like, we should hang out and go, you know, work, exercise some of this liquor off. And, you know, all I know is I couldn't drink and hang with them. Yeah, that would be dead. I, my blood alcohol level would be through the roof. I would agree with all of that. I know Deandra and Leanne very well. And I... I am Switzerland. I totally yeah. agree. I'm just like, and, and then you feel fake. You do feel fake. Like when it's a Monday with one and like a, it's, you feel fake, yeah. but I agree. I've said this all the time. The Dallas women could keep, they give the New York girls a run for the money. Mm-hmm. You guys, the da- those two especially know how to hold their liquor. How did Carrie bring him come for you? She just like put something out there in the press. So I got interviewed for the show because of, um, I, you know, DeAndra, she really was fighting for me. I, I got to give her all the credit. She really was. And um, so by the time I got my Skype interview set up, I was in LA. I had already, like, I got fired from my radio show in Dallas on November 11th. Well, they canceled it, right? On the 12th, I go into LA the same day and I went and did Fox. So I, I got that job like the next day, like as a guest host. And then just led to contracts, contracts. So I had just signed with them and that's when I got my Dallas interview. So I did the interview knowing I'm doing the interview, but I really am not going to be available to do your show because I'm only going to be in Dallas on the weekends. My re- my show in LA was now Monday through Friday, except Wednesdays. So they were like, eh, I didn't really, you know, I kind of just went through the motions of the interview, but I knew they was interviewing another black girl, Nicole Barrett, I think it was Nicole. So I was like, listen, as long as they put someone on there, I'm cool. Someone I could be like, okay, I know her, or I, I can relate to her. She looks like, you know what I mean? Just, we need to see representation of ourselves on television. Just make it fair. So um, when I saw that they made an announcement that there was like a, I think she was Asian, I'm not sure. Tiffany Moon, yeah. Okay, she's, she's Asian. Okay, so I, I went in the comments and I said, wow. Like, I forgot what I said, but, you know, it was classic Claudia Shade. But it wasn't to any of the women on the show, because it's not that they have nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with the casting and the network. I said, damn, you could have, I think I said something like, still no, no Black woman. I go, that's why Atlanta's doing really well. They, they bring it. They bring the spice, whatever, something like that. And little Miss Carrie took it upon herself to respond to me, which, honey, have you... Please, you don't want to do that. Um, I was very kind to her. And, and she made it about me and her. And she inserted herself like, I'm Latina and I'm, we're not enough. Well, no, your show has 600,000 viewers. So if it's not there yet, and as someone who lives in Dallas, I want y'all to be popping even without me on it. It has nothing to do with I'm bitter. I, I couldn't even do it anyways. I want y'all at the time. Now I can because I'm here in Dallas now. But I want y'all to be popping. You don't think I want the Dallas franchise to be popping? I live here. It helps our city. I'm a resident here now. So I think she kind of like, she was out of line. Like she took it too far. She wanted to like, you know, get into it with me. And I was like, okay. I forgot what I said to her, but you know, 
Oh, um, man, I didn't bring that up. She's like, oh, I saw that it was Britain. I go, who? And I didn't know who she was talking about at first because I don't want to show like that. And then she said, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that was a silly. She made it about her instead of, she's like, well, I don't want, uh, she told my friend, well, I, yeah, she was coming for our show. Honey, it's the, the institution. It's the business. It's really not about you. It has nothing to do with you. Like I, it's not about you. And I'm not about to do this with you. So it went away and um, she probably feels kind of wasted. But I said what I said. And to your point, I mean, you were a formidable adversary to Nini without trying to be, so you could hold your own. Yeah, I wasn't even, it wouldn't have been a fair fight. No shade to her. Well, it can be shade. I don't care, but um, I'm not, she's not going to throw me off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fine. And I was very kind with her. I didn't use my powers for evil or for destruction. I, it wasn't worth it to me. I was like, lady, it, you're inserting yourself in something that you're not casting. You would make no decisions on that show. It has nothing to do with you. I'm not coming for you. And if you could just take your ego out of it, you'll see I'm not even coming for you. I'm, it's actually about their decisions. And, you know, they should have. I feel like there's a lot of amazing. Listen, I ain't with a lot of rich black women out here that got it going on. Gorgeous, funny, fly. And guess what? They'll just be on my show that I'm creating. They could have been, they, but they should have been on Housewives of Dallas. And I still want Dallas to like figure it out and like get it popping because like they need, they need a little something, something on that show. Yeah. And listen, I'm not on this. It doesn't have to be affirmative action where we got to make it fake, but someone's got to have a black friend, right? So bring one of your real friends. Like you don't have to force it where it's like, okay, here's exhibit A, here's black girl, be friends. But like someone got to have a friend, right? A cousin, a friend or somebody like there's so many blended families now, like there's nothing wrong with that. It just helps your demographic. It helped your demo. You know what I mean? Like all the Italians in New York, they rock with that. They love it. They like seeing that, you know, their people on the show. They like seeing Jersey Shore. They like seeing the show that they can say, okay, I can relate to those stories. Cause that's like my family. Those people act like my family. Like it's not, you know, people just, um, um, someone's gonna get sensitive over this, but whatever. Do you know any of the other Dallas girls like Steph Holman or Brandy Redman? None of them. I don't. Well, you, know? you, yeah, I do. Yeah. So you think they're going to get mad at what I said? No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, at the height of it, you know, Dallas, uh, Atlanta was at 4 million viewers. And listen, the Housewife franchise is, uh, is great. But you gotta have the right people on there. You gotta have people on there that people care about. And you have to have like compelling stories. You gotta have the funny quips. The people gotta be quick and funny and smart. And I'm not saying it's only black women that are good at that, but it's proven that we do bring a little bit of sass. I'm just saying, when you watch Family Feud, you know when there's a black family on there, they're about to light that shit up. It is what it is. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, listen. We're not exclusive. It's not, we don't have a, like a patent on being funny. It's not just, just black women. I'm not saying that, but I just should represent the city better. You know what I mean? Like it should just represent what is actually here in Dallas. And there's a lot of socialites that I know some girls that walk around with like $2 million in jewelry, like every day. And like, isn't that show supposed to be about extravagantly like rich, wealthy housewives that got it going on with an occasional friend of the show or someone that gets through that single? But for the most part, you want to see the clothes, the fashion, the houses, the gaudiness, the ridiculousness. And I just feel like when you see a show where a city like Dallas, where 
I've never seen so many successful, successful rich black women here. There's not even a, there's, it has been one in how many seasons that show went on? I don't even know. It's just like, come on, man, we here. And not me, but, well, I can still do it. But my friends, I've got, I can send y'all like eight bomb women right now that fit the bill. You know what I mean? And that would turn, that would bring a lot of personality to the show. Well, you know, if it is you, you will literally be the first person in the history of Bravo to be from one franchise to the next. It's never happened before. That would have been cool. That would have been fun. But at the time it, it didn't fit. But now that the pandemic happened um, and then I, you know, I got grounded. I've been here and I'm like, damn, I wish it didn't go like that. Cause it could have been cool. You know, I think so. Is there anything else we didn't cover? Like anything else you want to say out loud with Claudia? Jordan is amazing. Everyone needs to listen. And my show Monday, Cocktails with the Queens, is it a, it's a, a version of, of Out Loud, but it's with Vivica Fox and Lisa Ray and Selena Johnson. And that show is trending almost every week with something that somebody says, because I've never been on a show with celebrities that have been so transparent and so willing to just share personal experiences and opinions about other celebs. Usually people are so guarded. Well, I don't want to say, oh, that's a friend or my publicist wouldn't want me to say, no, they just let that shit fly. And maybe it's because of the alcohol, but it's been really a success because of, I think people are like, wow, like this is, this is kind of like with the real, like you all are the real kind of like, you're just so real with it. And we're like, everyone's kind of like, we're like the aunties. The auntie's version of the real, I guess. The okay. cocktails help. And I mean, Vivica Fox kind of tells it like it is. And apparently so do you. Oh, yes. Yes, all of them do. And I, I can't wait for us to hopefully one day be back. You know, hopefully in the studio we can do it together. Because like Zoom is difficult, but it's still working. But, you know, I can't wait to get back in the studio. Have qual- the, the studio quality that I miss. So, yeah. and, that's, and that shows every Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every Monday. Everyone needs to tune into that. I seriously thank you for taking all your time I know you're busy so I really appreciate it my pleasure it's all good where can everyone find you online social media at Claudia Jordan on Twitter Instagram and um, I'm very vocal on there Facebook I I really respond to everybody I'm kind of on there too much Um, but yeah hit me up and please support out loud and thank you for your time and for this Great, long, fun, but still a good interview. So yeah, it was good times. Sorry to have kept you so long. I know you're busy. I'm not, really. I was just going to put off going to the gym once again and probably just watch TV and make some more brownies. So I'm good. I love it. Honestly, <laughs> Claudia, thank you. Keep in touch. You're amazing. Oh, anytime, okay? All right. Love you much. Bye. Bye. Cool. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.